Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host Matthew Pekovich and this is episode number 269. Awards season is now upon us which means Talking Oscars is back to cover all things Oscars and more this 2019-2020 awards season. Joining me now is film critic, movie analyst and Talking Oscars co-host Shane A. Bassett. Shane, I thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks again, Matt, for having me on. Love talking movies and especially awards with you. But it's now like about three weeks until the Golden Globes drop. So can't wait. It's absolutely everything's all about Christmas at the moment. But early in the new year is when we've got Globes. And it's funny you mentioned Golden Globes. We had the nominations not that long ago. Uh, nominations for the Globes and the SAGs as well. And I mentioned last week when we ended our podcast um when we talked about our lead actor predictions that this is the time now where we are we're going to see you know um narratives forming we're going to see who's in who's out and we're looking at these last bunch of nominations that have come out we are seeing some actors not making it in there some directors sneaking in and it's going to be really fascinating to start talking about this stuff now yeah exactly i've got a few surprises and snubs um that I suppose we might um, clash with. But honestly, it's a mixed bag, and and it's typical of the Golden Globes. You never really know what you're going to get. It's all about, um, I hate to say it, but the parties and the campaigning when it comes to Golden Globes and the foreign press. Yep, definitely. They love their celebs, and sometimes it does influence who they um, nominate. So speaking of which, what we'll do, Shane, you and I, we're going to go through the Golden Globes first. So everyone out there listening... We are just going to focus on the, the um, nominees that we usually do predictions, predictions for, which is the acting categories, um, directing, and picture. So we won't be talking about score or foreign film or anything else, anything like that. These are the, what we're going to focus on. And what I will do, Shane, is I will go through um, a category, I'll read the nominees, and then you and I will react with our surprises and our snubs. How does that sound to you? Sounds like a plan. Excellent. Okay, so now let's begin with the Golden Globes for Best Supporting Actress. So we have Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Annette Benning for The Report, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Shane, how about you go first? Tell me about, uh, from those nominees, what uh, um, uh, nominee surprised you? Well, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm hanging too. So Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell for yep. a start. I mean that's a that's a huge one because I don't even think it's uh, it's just been released in the US and there hasn't been a lot of talk about it but the critics have been raving so I'm assuming that um, because the Oscars vote a little differently it might have a big impact with the with um, the Oscars coming up but I'm happy with that so that's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, you mentioned Annette Bening how good she was. Uh, for a possible Oscar nomination. So I'm really glad to see her name there. But no, the other three, Laura, Jennifer and Margot, no um, no surprises there. And, and I can't really think of any snubs. Quite often I'm happy to say that most of the time the Golden Globes get it right. Um, I'm going to agree with you in regards to Kathy Bates because I remember like last week, last week we talked about Richard Jewell was saying that it's about the drop in the States and we're going to see what that film's yeah. going to do in regards to 
the awards race. Um, look, box office-wise, the film had actually one of, the, one of, if not the lowest opening um, in the directing career of Clint Eastwood. Um, and I think my, some of that might have to do with, um, with uh, there's no kind of like big star attached to the film. Previous films, um, there was always like a Bradley Cooper, etc. That, that Clint Eastwood had or, or star himself, for, for example. Um, but you are correct in, in regards to the response critically. It's got some really good um, reviews out there. Some people saying... It's some of the strongest work that Clint Eastwood has put out there. And um, Kathy Bates getting a nomination uh, for that for that uh, film. I haven't seen the film. It's not coming out here in Australia until February. It doesn't surprise me, though, because Kathy Bates is an Oscar winner. She's been nominated a slew of times um, at the Globes and the Oscars uh, for, and, and numerous other awards bodies as well. Um, so yeah. she's a terrific, terrific actor. So it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that she got a nomination. Um, but it's interesting to see that she did get that nom because now we're going to see exactly what type of um, impact Richard Jewell could could have and it, while I was thinking perhaps it could be for lead actor I think it's the more clear path is the supporting actress path I think so yeah very good and and Jennifer Lopez to me I thought she was more of a lead mm. to me but yep. I mean she's she's getting touted in all the award ceremonies as a supporting so you know that's that's fair enough um I I kind of guess that a snub if you think about it could be cats I mean, mm. it's screened, and it's it's a, a lot of females in that cast, and they love their musicals, yep. as we know, um, the Golden Globes. So that is a minor a sort of snub and surprise in, in one, if you, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, see, Cats was another one of those films, like, not, uh, like I wanted to see what the Globes did with that one, because that, that, that film is Globes territory right there, I think. Exactly, yeah. Um, and to see that it got, like, nothing uh, at all, um, it got a song. The song it was um, the song only. Yeah. There we go. I mean, I think that's really going to speak volumes. I mean, I'm watching the film tomorrow night. We got the premiere um, in Sydney tomorrow, so I'm really interested to see what uh, this film is all about because everyone's talked about the trailer and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what Cats does uh, um, when it releases. Uh, clearly, not going to do much in regards to awards, with exception of that song um, nomination. There, I wanted to talk about the stub. Uh, you and I, you and I have both seen Little Women. Um, I absolutely, absolutely adored the film. I, I loved it. Um, Florence Pugh, I thought, I thought was terrific um, in 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 the movie. Uh, she's had yeah. a really, really strong year. Midsummer was another movie as well that she was in. Um, she's going to be in Black Widow next year. So who she her star is ascending and I thought that she was really great um, in the movie um, it was kind of bummed me out that she didn't get a nomination for it because she gave a really really strong performance in that film uh, and I was hoping that Little Women would make some type of mark on the awards season but as clearly seen both in the Globes and later we're going to talk in SAGs it looks like that's going to be a film that might be left on the wayside yeah we'll get to Greta Gerwig a little bit later but I I agree I'm not gushing over it as much as you but I certainly loved it like don't get me wrong it is a I like the tweaks without giving too much away to the the original source and there's been so many other little women films yes. and television yeah. series I'm really glad they have gone in a few different angles but not only Florence Pugh, but I mean, it is just a hand-picked, perfect cast. I yep. mean, you could even even um, Meryl Streep. Yep. She's Meryl Streep, and she didn't get uh, a you know nomination. So, I loved it all round, but not quite as much as you. I thought it had a few little flaws, but overall, it is a little bit of a snub that um, Florence didn't get nominated. 
especially. And, I mean, she didn't get nominated for Midsummer either, and no. she was one of my top picks for, yeah. for the lead. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things with horror movies. And I think you and I are going to talk about a specific um, actress later um, in regards to horror movies' performances that just don't really break through as strong as, as they deserve to be, well, I think, anyway. Um, let's move over now to the Best Supporting Actor category. So we start off with... Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. You have Anthony Hopkins for Two Popes. Al Pacino for The Irishman. He's joined by Joe Pesci, also from The Irishman. And then you have Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, from those noms there, what um, surprises um, did you have you got uh, from that category? No surprises, honestly. They've got it right, I think. Uh, I haven't seen The Two Popes. Have you seen it, Matt? No. Um, there was no. screenings at the Ritz and Dendi yes. last week. I just didn't get chances to see it, but it is coming out this week in Netflix, though, so I'm really looking forward to watching it. Yeah, it's one I missed, too, a screening of, but I'll catch it on um, the small screen, so to speak, Netflix. So, um, look, Anthony Hopkins, I hear from all reports, is pretty awesome, and so he should be he's Anthony Hopkins. But I can't. A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood I have not seen. Um, I am catching it this week. Uh, there is a screening for media uh, from Sony, so I am seeing it. However, Tom Hanks is pretty much good in anything. Yep. Uh, I, I love him in almost anything. And the fact he didn't get nominated for Captain Phillips that time, I mm -hmm. always like to bring up because he really did deserve that one. He did, yep. uh, And I don't really know this Mr. Rogers guy that he's playing. Like, I, I don't know the history. It's a very American thing. But I, do, I look forward to it. I'm glad he's there. The other three, Brad, Joe, and Al Pacino, I, I can't question them three. So I've got no, no surprises or snubs for this, this category. I think the only thing I was kind of surprised by was the two nods for the Irishman. Um, sometimes, you know, there can be kind of like, you know, a bit of, you know, competitive uh, kind of like edge there. One guy might bounce off the other. But I think we've seen lately, especially in supporting actor um, supporting characters, um, ex excuse me, that the opportunity is there for multiple performances to be nominated for this one film. Last year we saw the favourite um, with that, with um, 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 Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone in the supporting category there for the Oscars, and I'm pretty sure that um, uh, Three Billboards also had that with Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrison yeah. as well. Um, so we're seeing more and more of that, which is I think is, is pretty pretty great, actually. I mean, if you've got a great cast and it's got a handful of supporting turns that are, that are really exceptional, why should one get nominated over the other when you can have both in there? Um, the only thing I, I think is close to a snub, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to be, I'm not too hot on it, but because it is the Golden Globes, but I always thought that Willem Dafoe um, might have an in with um, The Lighthouse. He's got really good reviews for it. He's been out there promoting the film. Um, he's a multi-time nominee. Maybe that's more, I think, I think that that film and that performance is going to be more a thing for like Indie Spirit Awards. They did get nominated there, etc. Maybe the Oscars might might still have a soft spot for him. He's been nominated several times before, but that's the only thing I can think of in regards to a snub. Pretty much everyone else in that uh, category um, nominated deserves to be there. And actually, I don't know about you, uh, Shane, but. Um, do you think that maybe what we're seeing here with these five nominees could be what we see when it comes to the Oscar nominations? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think they've, they've got it right. Um, I, I know what you're saying uh, in a sense, but I think Al Pacino and Joe Pesci are miles apart in the movie. Mm. Al can't win. He does a lot of yelling in it. And Joe is just 
amazing. It's such a great comeback film in a way. But you know what? Because and we'll get to it. Because Robert De Niro hasn't been nominated yep. through through previous, I would guess, circumstances. Um, his history with the Golden Globe Awards and his outspokenness. Uh, I think that what they've done is just thrown in Al and Joe to make up for it. Now I know that sounds really bad, but that could be something that they've done to soften it a bit for Martin Scorsese. Maybe I don't know because I know they do have the Hollywood Foreign Press do have a problem with. Robert De Niro. Interesting. We are going to touch on that again when we get to the lead category. Speaking of which, let's move over now to Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy. Um, so first off, we got Anna D. Armas from Knives Out. We, we have Aquafina from The Farewell. Kate Blanchett from Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Uh, Beanie Feldstein from Booksmart. And Emma Thompson from Late Night. Now, I think this one's chock-a-block full of surprises because this, <laughs> categ- this category, though, does kind of... It does have opportunity for surprises because it's such a such a you know broad spectrum comedy musical and a lot of these um, names won't get you know mentioned much no. during award season, which no. focuses more on dramatic performances. Um, so, what about you, Shane? What sort of surprises do you have for this category? All but one is a surprise. Aquafina for the farewell is not a surprise. Right. Every one of the others is. I mean, okay, Emma Thompson, Late Night, she was pretty good. Beanie, I was so happy to see that, but no chance of winning. Kate Blanchett, there's a movie that came and went. Did it? I mean, it got briefly released in Australia. Yeah. Um, I happened to see it at the film festival, luckily enough, but it disappeared. So when her name was read out, I was so stoked being an advocate for Aussie actors, of course. And then Anna Diarmas. She's a, a star of the future. Yep. I know she's been in some good stuff, and I, we'll, we've highlighted her in the past, I, I, I think, from memory, and I really liked her in Blade Runner, of course, 2019. Um, wasn't it? 2029? 20, 2049. 20, 2049. Getting my years mixed up. So that's, that's so great to see her, and Knives Out in general was such a great film. But th- this is all a surprise to me, this one, um, this category. And... And good for them. It's, they've mixed it up and it's made it very interesting. But, of course, I would love to see Kate Blanchett win being an Aussie. I think the biggest surprise I had um, was that the Golden Globes were smart enough not to nominate Renee Zellweger in the musical category for Judy. Um, I was kind of, like, hoping they would because, like, so <laughs> because I kind of predicted it might happen. But they were smart enough not to do that, even though she does sing in the film. It's not a musical per se and doesn't belong in this category. And good on them. Very uh, surprised. Yeah. You're right. I, I think that is a smart move. Um, I was surprised when that didn't happen. And the Kate Blanchard one was definitely a surprise because, like you said, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, not only did it disappear in cinemas here in Australia, but in the States as well. It's a film directed by Richard Linklater, who's an Oscar-nominated director, who's an indie darling. Um, but the film made hardly anything at the box office. Um, and also, critics-wise, it's actually got a, quite a low, low score by a lot of critics out there. Um, so I'm very surprised to see that performance in there from that movie and I think this is going to go back to what we are talking about at the start in regards to the Golden Globes they love their celebs and I think Kate Blanchett might have been nominated more for the fact that she's Kate Blanchett than the performance she gave in that movie. I hate agreeing with you, I really do, but yeah that could be a factor, a big factor and maybe I'm wrong, maybe the critics and the foreign press did think that movie was worthy enough 
even though they probably saw it a long time ago, unless they got screeners and saw it recently. But you, you just don't know. Um, I, I am happy for her, but yeah, you're right. It's what about what did you think of Beanie? I mean, I think Booksmart's in my top ten for 2019, but is she worthy? I mean, they're both great, both actresses in that film. But do you think she's worthy to be part of the five? I think that considering the category that it is, and that Booksmart is de- most definitely b- belongs in that category, and she gave a great performance in it. And Booksmart, like you said, was one of the best movies, and not one of the best comedies of the year. Most definitely, she did uh, belong to, to be in there. She's also one of those actors as well that's kind of burgeoning as well. Um, she's been in a few films. She is a very she's in um, What's by Time in Hollywood Day for a very, very, very short amount of time. Non-speaking role. She just appears. I think she might be playing Mama Cass at a at a, at a, um, at a party, but I'm not 100 sure. Um, but she definitely deserved to be there. Um, but there are a couple other um, um, names as well that I thought deserved to be there more than say. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Um, one of them is Jamie Bell, who was also who was terrific in uh, Britney Runs a Marathon. Um, that was a movie that was um, directed by um, uh, Amazon uh, Studios. Um, it had a release here. It had, had a bit of a press tour here as well. She's terrific in that movie. And another, Gillian Bell. Gillian Bell. Mean? Very sorry. Yes, uh, Gillian Bell. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's all. We'll be talking about Rock, Rocket Man and Jamie Bell later. <laughs> yes, Gillian Bell. My apologies, but she was terrific in Britney Runs a Marathon. And also, I didn't like the film Long Shot, but Charlize Theron really surprised me with just how astute she was as, as a comedic performer in that movie. Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of surprised that, considering you know what we've seen before about celebrity and Golden Globes. She wasn't nominated uh, for that as well as Bombshell, which we'll talk about uh, later enough for sure. But those are two performances that I thought that um, was looked over for this category, which is a shame. But but like you said, this category is open to many surprises, and we've seen a lot of them. Yeah, actually, I had Charlize on my mind, but not for uh, the movie you're talking about that she did with Seth Rogen. Yeah, Long Shot. I was more thinking Bombshell because I only just recently saw that and absolutely loved it. Yep. Uh, and she's so good in it. But, yeah, I, I think uh, she could have made the list, definitely. But I liked the movie more than you did, too. I know that you, you were, thought it was pretty pedestrian and you had a lot to say about Seth Rogen at the time it was released. But I liked it. But, yeah, I, I think she, she, she could have done it. Uh, but the, it's, is, is The Farewell a comedy as well? That's another one. That's another mysterious one. But she's very good in it, Aquafina. I, I like her a lot. Let's move on now to Best Actor in a Musical Comedy. So, Daniel Craig for Knives Out, Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taron Edgerton for Rocketman, and Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name. Uh, mm-hmm. What surprises did you get from that category, Shane? Uh, well, Daniel Craig, definitely, because no Robert De Niro. I, I would say either Roman Griffin Davis or Daniel Craig. Oh, no, well, obviously Roman. Actually, I'll take that back because Irishman is not a musical or comedy. But Daniel Craig is definitely my biggest surprise. I, I wasn't too sure about Roman Griffin Davis because the movie mm. Jojo Rabbit actually left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yep. I, I, you don't think it was that great. Me. He was good in it, though. He was very good. So they're, they're my only two surprises. I'm really happy, though, and it's not a surprise, but I do want to mention I'm happy that Taron got the, the nod yep. because we were worried that it was an early film, you know, it released so long ago they might forget uh, about it. But he's been campaigning, as we said, continuously, and uh, I'm so stoked he, he got the nom. And Eddie Murphy, he's, he's just, that's great to see. Uh, that gives him one little step forward to an Oscar nomination, maybe. 
I was um, surprised with the Daniel Craig nomination as well, but it was a very happy surprise. I thought his performance in that in Knives Out was terrific. He really has proved himself. Um, we mentioned we talked about Logan Lucky as well, and just how he's coming on as a as a comedic performer. I think he's really trying to broaden his horizons. He's got the one last Bond film. He's trying. He, I think you know. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of him doing like a more you know out there kind of uh, performances just, just to try to uh, uh, establish himself outside of the whole kind of Bond uh, image and Bond canon and I know it's out does a really good job in doing so Roman Griffith Davis I'm also surprised by I've also seen Jojo Rabbit saw it last Monday I was also uh, underwhelmed by the film um, and look he's fine in in the movie but you know we were talking about snubs for this category this is there's a great movie that came out um earlier actually in the states it was early in the year um in australia it came out in october it's called blinded by the light it's kind of like a jukebox musical based on this um the songs of bruce springsteen um, it was a good movie great film set in the 80s of london um, over a pakistani family and the lead actor um vivek amkara um, he was terrific in, in that role. I mean, if you're talking about comedy musical, this movie was made for that category, and it was a terrific film, and I thought his performance was terrific, and it would have been great to see him um, in that uh, category, even though, clearly, I know critics like the film, but a lot of people didn't see it um, as much as I hope they would um, outside of the UK. Um, I wanted to talk about, you mentioned Aquafina in regards to the farewell, whether that's a comedy. Um Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I got a problem with that film being labelled a comedy. What about you, uh, Shane? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's um, it has its comedic moments, but this this happens every year with, with the Golden Globes. I always we always go back to The Martian being yeah. a comedy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't really like the fact that Once Upon a Time is in the comedy category. No, I don't either. And it's I think it's a bit of a uh, I want to say scandalous, but the movie revolves around the darkest day in one of the darkest days in the history of Hollywood. Um, and I know, like, it's a um, Tarantino film, and there are moments in Tarantino films where dialogue-wise, especially, um, it can be comedic to a certain degree. Not comedic in intent, but like it just kind of comes off sometimes as like you know funny, just in a way. You know, he, he puts his dialogue together and how the actors kind of you know. You know you know deliver it as such um but as a comedy i'll you know I, I guess at times it's light it has kind of like a light feel to it but you know yeah. the, the comedy aspect uh, no i don't think so but you know not to say that dicaprio doesn't deserve to be nominated or anything but for that category i don't know i'm just not going for it no i i totally agree i, I can't add to that because I love the film. It is easily. I've seen it like five times now, including the extended version mm. uh, once, and I loved it. So it's a bit of a shame. Maybe it's got more of a chance to win in the musical comedy, and I don't know if Tarantino himself would, you know, totally agree on that category, but be that as it may, it's in the mix. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of fodder for Ricky Gervais to poke, uh, make fun of as well um, in regards to the I'm whole. looking forward to hearing him. I know he's misogynist and he's in politically incorrect and a lot of people are against it, but seriously, I'll... I'll um I'm looking forward to it. I hate to say it. <laughs> I think he's going to be funny. I think he's going to be a uh, hoot as well. Um, let's move over now to Best Actress in a Drama. So it starts off with Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, 
Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Um, when I look at this category, um, I think this is, perhaps with the exception of one nominee, as close to a lock for all these names that you can get. Um, Shane, when you look at this uh, category, any surprises whatsoever? Are you or, or are you and I almost in sync here? Yeah, we're in sync. I haven't seen Harriet uh, still, but I love Cynthia Erivo, who obviously I highlighted last year when she was in that great film at the Royale, the Hotel Royale. Can't even remember the long name of it now, but that was so good. Um, yeah, this is good. I, I, I just think it's really hard. I mean, we were saying, I've been saying a long time, Renee Zellweger for Judy is a lock and I was saying that all last year for Glenn Close and look what happened at the Oscars so having seen Bombshell and, and Little Women recent, recent in my mind and then Marriage Story a month or so ago it's a really strong category I'm, I'm loving it I think one name that kind of was not so much a surprise that didn't get nominated but it's a shame that she didn't get nominated was Lupita Nyong'o for Us um, we, I think last week we talked about her performance and just how, no, the week before that, sorry, you brought it up as one of your picks for, um, for, um, she is a snub. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just a, a terrific turn. It really is. And she's had a great year. She was in us. She was in, um, little monsters, two very different performances, both horror um, movies, but very different horror movies. Um, but just, you know, playing dual roles in a way she, she did in us in such a unique way, such a memorable way. It's a shame that, um, the Globes couldn't see uh that category for what it is but then again i'm pretty sure they didn't they didn't um nominate tony collette for hereditary ivan i think she gave the best performance that year as well they did not nominate tony and yeah uh, lupita was one of my snubs in this category uh but the sags which we'll get to a little bit later mm -hmm. um did pick up on that they most definitely did okay let's move over now to best actor in a drama Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Now, I can just, well, as soon as I saw this category, there were a couple of names that really just stood out to me. I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Uh, but Shane, how about you You go first and talk about your surprises for this category? Surprise was no Robert De Niro, but that when I remembered and looked into the history of uh, his uh, he he's not had a great lot to say about the Hollywood foreign press. He's blasted them in the past. So that is, to me, why he hasn't been nominated. I think, I haven't seen The Two Popes, but I do believe that Jonathan Price is amazing in it. And he was great in The Wife last year, and he's, he's a great actor. He didn't play a very good Bond villain, I've got to say, mm. uh, in when, in when he was a James Bond villain. Which, but which, that one said, was, which one was that? Was that Tomorrow Never Dies? Tomorrow Never Dies, that yeah. is the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that said, Christian Bale is my surprise. Yeah. Uh, and snub, of course, is Robert De Niro. But uh, I love Christian Bale. And do you think he probably went to any parties to campaign for this movie? Of course he didn't. They just love him. Yeah. Uh, and they've thrown him in there. And it, I mean, I, I think it's a, an award-worthy movie. It really is. So I'm glad he's there. But now the others aren't a surprise at all. Um do you think Joaquin, I mean, you'll get to it, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but if you think Joaquin is an actual lock to win? I, I think so, yeah. Like, I always, okay. thought, I always thought that my locks were De Niro, 
uh, Joaquin and Adam Driver. Those are my three locks for this category. De Niro, I'm not sure anymore because we're going to talk about the SAGs later and he's also not nominated there. But Joaquin, I think it's it's a two-way race between Joaquin and Adam Driver. Um, I think they, they are the two... Um, about, I think it might go Adam Driver's way because... But then again, I mean, the Joker's been making some some gains here, and we're going to talk about you know director and, and picture as well as coming up very soon. Yeah. Um, I agree with you in regards to your surprise and your snub. Uh, Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari. Look, he's terrific in the movie, but I always thought that the thing that was going to stand in the way of him getting a nomination was that both he and Matt Damon were both lead or going for that lead category nom. They um, clash. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. I, I thought that that was. Well, they were just gonna, you know, knock each other out of the race. Um, clearly, it really does seem like that that hasn't had any effect whatsoever, um, and which is kind of surprising to me because I think what we're seeing now, especially especially with with, uh, with Christian Bale's uh, nomination, is perhaps um, uh, a a change to the way the Oscar, um, not the Oscar, sorry, but voters, whether it be from Hollywood Foreign Press or whoever, are kind of changing the way they're looking at things in regards to campaigning and such. Um, and it's really, really great to see that Chris about is getting that nomination. I mean, he could easily as well have gotten a supporting uh, turn just in the way that, you know, yep. things happen for his character, so to say, uh, in the movie. Um, but yeah, it was really great to see that he did get a nomination for the film because he is terrific in the movie. And the whole Robert De Niro thing, yeah, look, I was really bummed out that he didn't get a nomination. I do, I do remember saying though that um, when we talked about lead actor in our last podcast, that there was a possibility that because De Niro he gave such a quiet performance especially compared to the bombast of his other supporting act, um, supporting characters in that yeah. movie, there could be a chance that, you know, those supporting turns, some, those supporting um, lead um, roles, sorry, there's always a chance that they can be left on the wayside because when you when you compare to what Adam Driver does or what Joaquin Phoenix does, even what Christian Bale does with his very kind of expressive uh, way that he um, does his performances as well, uh, that Robert De Niro can be left on the wayside. But what you said as well in regards to his history, uh, with the with the um, uh, Hollywood Foreign Press, um, yeah, that's that's a really kind of interesting uh, kind of um, a take on the whole thing as well. Um, but yeah, I, but we're going to talk about SAGs later, and he was also left out in the SAG um, nomination. So yeah, clearly, that, that there's something going on there. Yeah, definitely a surprise. There's something going on there in regards to whether I don't know. It's just the performance itself. A lot of people just weren't you know getting into. Maybe it was the whole de aging thing that people weren't really into as well. Maybe yep. the supporting turns by Pesci and, 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 and uh, Pacino were just kind of like um, overtook the whole film, which I, I can see happening as well. Um, but for me, I just found it really disappointing because the film went for three hours. De Niro was on the screen for the majority of that time, and he was just terrific. It's one of, I think he's one of the best performances he's given in a long time, and um, it's just a shame that he's not getting those, uh, those nominations. Uh, let's not forget and overlook Antonio Banderas in mm. Pain and Glory too. Uh, that's a pretty outstanding uh, performance. And sometimes awards get uh, given to people for a body of work. Yeah. So he's been around a very long time, as you know, and been uh, been in some pretty awesome films. He has. People people love him. He's he's part. He's a foreign. He's not American. So the foreign press. You never know. He could sneak in as one of the surprises. There's usually one or two little upsets at the Globes. And if I was going to pick an upset, this would be the category for Antonio, I think. That's a really interesting prediction there. Um, 
yeah, if that happens, it will just turn the whole race upside down, I think. Um, because I, I did say, I, I thought that he would get a, nomin a nomination come Oscar time. Um, win, I wasn't confident in, but that would be something else if he gets a win in the drama category as well. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean that will be that will be something else right there. Well, it's a it's a tough category, like yeah, the, the like the girls. Yep. Uh, it's tough, but I I just wanted to mention I've got like a bit of a uh, like a feeling about Antonio surprising everybody. A bit of a, you know award season intuition. <laughs> okay, very good, very good. Okay, now let's move over to best director. Um, so the nominees are Junho Bong for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917. Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Shane, what surprise did you pick up from this category? Uh, you know, maybe because it's a foreign film, I don't know. Um, but Parasite, a little bit of a surprise. But him getting a nomination, Bong Joon-ho for uh, Parasite, I do believe that makes his Oscar chances skyrocket, which yeah. is great. Uh, I, no, I, again, I mean, it, to narrow it down to five movies, this thing, there's such an array to pick from. Um, I like it. Now, 1917, you've seen, I have not, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. Is it worthy of the praise it is getting? Yeah, look, as a technical achievement, it's actually rather terrific. Um, as for people who don't know, it's a World War One film. It's like a man on a mission movie, um, and it's shot in one take. It's not really shot in one take. It gives the illusion that it is. There's some cuts here and there. I mean, you can't do a whole movie in one take. I think it's been attempted before with Russian Ark, but usually when productions of this scale do it, you have edits here or there. And, and but it's it is a terrific movie, um, and. It's done so without sacrificing story, and I think that's what's really important about this film. And Sam Mendes, he's a he's a really has a, had a really interesting career. He was on the um, did stuff on the stage as a stage director for a long time. Yes. First movie off the bat, American Beauty wins everything. Since then, hasn't been nominated for a single actually not true Golden Globes. He has been nominated for Revolutionary Road, um, and I think it was another movie as well. Could have been Road to Perdition. I'm not hundred um, percent. Both good movies. Yeah, both really good movies. He's a terrific director, and I think this movie it really establishes him as like kind of like a technical director in the vein of kind of like a Christopher Nolan. And I think a lot of people might do comparisons to Dunkirk in that way. Um, but to me, Dunkirk is a much more superior movie. But that's just like subjective, of course. Um, but yeah, he he does do. A terrific um, uh, uh, stuff with that film. Um, what I really was surprised though in regards to this category is that Todd Phillips got a nod for Joker um, because it seemed to me for a long time that the story was that um, voters loved Joaquin Phoenix's um, uh, performance um, but, not but, the movie. but not the movie, not the director. Um, and to see that, and we're going to talk later in regards to the drama category, that Joker got a nomination there, and Todd Phillips as well got a nomination for the Joker. That was really a big surprise to me. Um, Shane, do you think um, that perhaps the there's people? I don't know if it's a Hollywood foreign press thing. It could be uh, just, a, or could it just be an overall thing in regards to maybe even Oscars that there could be a chance that Todd Phillips could be in for an Oscar nomination? No, okay. he won't be nominated. You'll get Noah Bumbach take his place mm. for marriage story that that's my biggest snub for this category uh, don't get me wrong i love joker saw it a couple of times i think his direction is very good i love the, the camera angles and, and the thing and the way he told the story uh but no uh, it's a it's a surprise that he's there 
but then not a surprise. You know, again, it's the Globes, but uh, um, he won't. I don't think he'll be in the mix for an Oscar. We'll have those four as well as Noah, I think. My snub was um, Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Um, well, she'll take Boo- Bong's, sorry, I'll say Boone, but Bong's uh, position in the Oscars if he, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. He's more more so unlikely to get an Oscar director nod, nod because his film will be nominated for Foreign, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I, I disagree. I think he's one of my locks for director. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so. I think he's. I mean, he's really. Who, who misses out? Sam Mendes. Um, well, when we talk about our director's predictions in around uh, ten minutes, oh, I'll sure. let you know. Yeah, I'll let you know. But but um, I think he is a lock. I think for me, there's a few locks, and he's definitely one of them. Um, and the Greta Gerwig thing, I want to touch on later as well, because she's also in my predictions in regards to Oscar nominees. Um, but before that, let's go finish off Golden Globes by talking about uh, the best uh, comedy uh, category in regards to film. So, uh, sorry, musical or comedy. So the nominees are Dolomite Is My Name, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. There's a lot of surprises here. Shane, which one really stood out for you? Rocket Man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that good. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but... I don't think it's the best picture good. It it, it survives by um, its lead actor. Yep. Yeah, th- that's my biggest surprise. I mean, my biggest surprise, and I've already touched upon it, is that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was considered a comedy, but, you know, what can you do with regards to that? But Rocket I've Man, already agreed yeah. with you on that one. I know what you mean. And Rocket Man, like you said before, it came out so early. We're talking about, like, March, April. Um, and, it, you know, films like that, we have seen uh, uh, films like had released early make their way into awards consideration but that film especially came out early i think it also could come down to the fact that because bohemian rhapsody did so well and a lot of people were actually saying rocket man is better than bohemian rhapsody maybe that's sticking to people's heads as well um and it definitely has to do with taron edgerton's performance and it just just the way that they are actually um campaigning for the movie now you got elton john out there with his memoir and and Dexter Fletcher and Taron Egerton are doing like um, Q and A screenings. I think they're doing they're doing a really smart job of getting that film back in the minds of, of voters. Um, I don't think it's going to break like into the top ten whatsoever in regards to like Oscar nominations of Best Picture. But I definitely think that Taron Egerton getting nominations now for his performance and Rocket Man getting like a a Golden Globe nom as well. You know. This is saying this momentum behind this film now, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see come Oscar time exactly uh, what categories this film gets nominated in because it was a very kind of like you know fantastical kind of production as well with all the dance sequences and music and what have you. Um, it could be a possibility maybe for some craft nominations as well. I think so. I think so. And they haven't stopped campaigning. You say that um, Dexter and Taron are out there doing Q and A's. I think they've been doing it ever since. April or whenever it was released, and yep. and yeah, great timing. There's a, a tour happening at the moment uh, at, from Elton John, and it also coincides with the book, as you say. But this is this is a category that I don't know. I think Once Upon a Time to me is a lock. Uh, however, you know, a lot of people better judge than me. Like Jojo Rabbit, they think yep. it's amazing. Dolomite is my name. Is Terrific. I, I loved it, but is it a Best Picture winner? I'm not so sure. Eddie, Eddie's up there as, as a definite award contender, but I don't know about the film itself. And Knives Out is there because it's been a big hit 
in recent times. It's got an all-star cast, and it's perfect for the Golden Globes. Mm. They want the they want the actors there, you know, to yeah. be in the mix. Yeah. So, Rocket Man to me, I am very surprised, but not surprised. Again, <laughs> I'm glad it's there, but uh, I don't think it'll win. Any films you wish were there? Any snubs uh, for this category? <sighs> no real snubs. No, I, I don't think so. Uh, it's been a weird year for musical and comedies. Uh, again, Cats is kind of like a snub. They would have seen it, the Hollywood Foreign Press. So for it not to, to gain anything uh, is is kind of a surprise because I just really do think that is a true Golden Globes movie. But I can't disagree with these five movies. They're all good, uh, some better than others. But I, I do believe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's got this easy I just want to say once again that Blinded by the Light is not getting his just due, but I'm not surprised it didn't get nominated. I had no illusions whatsoever that it wouldn't get nominated for anything, but if you talk about music or comedies, you know, that's a combination of both. And uh, it's just such a terrific film, and it's just a shame that it couldn't like break through like I hoped it would when I saw it. it it's a great movie. I yeah. totally agree, but I, I don't think it's... I mean, that personally, I don't think it's up to the five that are here. Let's move over now to the last five, which is Best Picture Drama. So, 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, and The Two Popes. Um, Shane, surprises here. I think there's one film here I think you and I might agree on in regards to it being surprised. Um, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Are you are you alluding to the jo- Joker or The Two Popes? Because I'm, they're I'm, the... I'm saying Joker because I, I actually love the Joker. Um, when my top ten films comes out, it's going to be really high on that list. I love the yeah. film. But I was just always under the impression that there is no way there was going to get anything outside of Joaquin Phoenix. You know? Uh, like, yeah. and, and especially, like, the, the amount of films that, like, you know, just has such great critical kind of, like, uh, momentum behind it. Joker got really good reviews, don't get me wrong, but it also had a lot of detractors as well. Um, and not not to mention all the things that Todd Phillips said in the press as well in the lead-up to the film and all the controversy surrounding everything in regards to depiction of the film of gun violence, etc., etc. Um, I was just really surprised to see that. Happy surprise. I was beyond happy to see that it is getting... It's just due. Um, but, uh, yeah, a surprise either way. Yeah. My, uh, the Two Popes kind of surprises me a little bit because I would have thrown in Bombshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But uh, the Joker, uh, Joker, I I loved it as much as you, I think. I really did. But it is it is kind of a surprise that it says. I really don't think it's going to get an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Um, I, I doubt it. That less than they might go with the whole ten, uh, ten picks this year. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But generally, they go with eight or nine. Uh, yeah. So my my biggest surprise is just no bombshell. But I haven't seen the two popes. To me, I thought it was more of a uh, an essay on acting with the two leads, Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins. So yeah. must be more. Must be more of a crowd pleaser than I think it is. And nineteen seventeen. From what I hear, uh, totally deserves to be there, even though I haven't seen it. I tell you what, man. Netflix. And and, and can I, I quickly just yep. say, Marriage Story. When I finished watching it, I, I had no faults with it. Absolutely no faults whatsoever. So uh, that's that's a huge 
thing for me. I think it's that's my pick. I mean, you mentioned Marriage Story, um, Two Popes. We talked Irishman, Dolomite's my name. I mean, Netflix is just killing it. Uh, this <laughs> They've been campaigning so much, apparently, like in the US. So it's worked. Yeah, it has worked, and like there's some they they make they've been making some good films. Like a lot of they release a lot of um, original film content for years. Not all of it works. In fact, no. I'll probably say the majority of it doesn't. Um, but when it comes to these kind of movies, these kind of like Oscar campaign movies, Roma had a really good run last year as well. I mean, it's just really surprising to see just how along how far they've come along in the last few years as a powerhouse of a narrative filmmaking. Um, where the multiplexes have become like the haven for kind of like the franchise film and the superhero movie. Here comes Netflix to kind of to do like the character um, films that uh, we, we used to love yep. in the 90s and 70s, etc. Um, one film I'd say I was kind of bummed out, didn't get much love in regards to uh, uh, awards uh, at the Golden Globes was Ford versus Ferrari. It's one of my favorite films of the year, and I, I thought yeah. that uh, that film could have been primed for drama. Uh, the drama category and you know you could have split those like those lead actors with Matt Damon and lead and Christian um, Christian Bale and supporting of course that didn't happen and I was I'm look beyond happy that Christian Bale uh, got the nomination for the film but um, I was hoping that that movie would get a, a drama um, uh, nod especially considering the uh, what the film's about and the way it's executed and the stars involved with it that's a Golden Globe fil- film um, if I've ever ever seen one but um but yeah that, that's the only thing i could think of in regards to that category um still very surprised by the joker though um so let's just uh, actually is there anything you want to say in regards to golden globes anything else that you took took from those nominees um before we move on to sags not really i will um back you up though i am i am surprised ford versus ferrari didn't get more nominations than it did because it is a, a pretty brilliant movie and again i dropped the two popes for it I said bombshell, but now I think about it, Ford versus Ferrari is more of a Golden Globes movie maybe, you know, and more of a um, solid filmmaker's movie. When I've seen, having seen bombshell, it sort of has its ups and downs in it. Uh, no, not really. No, I don't think, I think Us, I think, should have got a little bit more love mm. than it did. Not just Lapita, but I think screenplay and so forth, but... No, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's almost like expect expect the unexpected with the Golden Globe Awards, but nothing I can think of offhand that I want to mention anymore about the Globes. Um, let's move over now to the SAG Awards. Um, they came out not far, like maybe a few days or a couple of days after the Golden Globe Awards did, and um, once again. We're seeing the uh, same names popping up. We're seeing the same names not showing up at all. Uh, so let's go through some of these categories. Let's start off with um, Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Supporting Role. Uh, you got Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. Nicole Kidman for Bombshell. Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. And Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Uh, Shane, what surprises did you get from this category? No surprises. The SAG's got this one right. I think, uh, again, Jennifer Lopez to me was more of a lead, but apparently not. Uh, I don't know. There was Margot Robbie was really good. And then people are saying to me that she should have got nominated for once upon a time in Hollywood, but in bombshell, she's playing a made up character as well. Yeah. Uh, even though it's, a, it's based on a true story, she's playing a character that didn't exist and she's outstanding. She has one particular scene where it's really emotional, and she's an amazing actress. So I've got no problem with these five. 
I think the most surprising thing for me was Nicole Kidman for Bombshell because it always seemed like in regards to that film it was either Charlize Theron or Margot Robbie that was always mentioned in regards to awards and people forgetting the, the Oscar winner that's in the centre of the movie as well which was Nicole Kidman. Um, you've seen the film, um, do you think she has she got the SAG nomination? You reckon there's enough there to maybe even get an Oscar nomination? Maybe a thing where both her and Margot can get nominated in the same category? Oh, it's touch and go. Um, if I had to pick one of the two, I'd go with Margot. But Nicole's very strong in it. The, the three leads are amazing together. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I, I I think she deserves to be there definitely. Um, and any snubs? Because I'm going to once again say I'm kind of disappointed. Florence Pugh didn't get anything for Little Women, um, but it does seem like without getting that. Uh, maybe it might be more of a... Uh, would it be a BAFTA thing? I don't think so, actually. No, it wouldn't. Um, well, so she is she is British, right? She is, yeah. But I don't know if there's a category, because it is very much more of an American film than a British film, I imagine. Yeah, no, that is true. Uh, and I, I, I agree again with Florence Pugh in Little Women, but that is just such a crossover of great performances all yeah. round. Yeah. I think Saoirse Ronan really is going to be the only standout there. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I I like Florence a lot, but yeah, I I can't I can't sort of put her in there instead of Nicole Kidman. Let's move over now to outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role: Jamie Foxx for Just Mercy, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in a Neighborhood, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt once upon a time in Hollywood. So four of the names here were also nominated for the Golden Globe. The one exception is Jamie Foxx for Just Mercy. I had that as my surprise. I imagine that would be your surprise as well, Shane. Yeah, it's exactly it. Yeah, that's my surprise. Definitely. Uh, I hear it's good. I haven't seen it. The, as far as I know, um, it hasn't got a release date in Australia, but I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out like March or April here in the States, because I think it's, uh, in, the, in Australia, sorry, because I think it is a film that's more uh, geared towards an American audience. It's like a, a legal drama film. It's a true story um, uh, about a young defense attorney who helps out a, a guy that's in prison. That's a character that Jamie Foxx plays, and it has a lot of things. It talks about the justice system in America and race relations, etc. So no doubt it, it uh, touched a nerve with voters, uh, which is why Jamie Foxx is in there, and he's also a uh, a former Oscar winner and a nominee. He's, he's amazing. And, uh, I mean, Tom Hanks's Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood is exactly the same. It's more generated to American audiences, I would imagine. Yeah. And um, the snub, I guess, would be Anthony Hopkins for the two perps, considering he's been a very consistent name in regards to the nomination. Uh, but we've talked about him a, a few times now. Um, so we'll just move on to the next category, which is... Uh, where is it... And it is right here. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. So you have Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, uh, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Lupita Nyong'o for Us, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Um, what do you think of those nominees? Fantastic. Again, I'm hanging to see Harriet. I think Cynthia is supposed to be amazing in it. Uh, no doubt she's getting all these nominations. But got to say cheers to Lupita this is what I was saying earlier I'm so glad the Zags are throwing her in here that means the options are still a chance for an Oscar nom because she's in the mix you know like people will be reminded how great she is so just like the previous category we got four out of five names are also nominated for the Golden Globe the only exception was Lupita Nyong'o who got here for us 
Um, so left on the wayside would be um, Saoirse Ronan. So, yep, for yeah. Little Women. But don't forget as well, a name that I was surprised didn't appear in here was Aquafina for The Farewell. Um, um, yeah. and, and from what I, like I haven't seen the movie yet I know you have and many people have she's been a very consistent very uh, name good. when it's come up to not only the quality of her performance but the, the possibility of nominations as well um, I think yeah I you know I always imagined that um, Aquafina would be like maybe in a top three of the of the slots um, if you're going to rank them in regards to lock possibilities but clearly uh, with Lupita Nyong'o getting in there now, it could be a bit of a, a tussle between Lupita, Saoirse Ronan, and Aquafina for that fifth spot. What do you think, Shane? Yeah, um, I hope so. In a, in a sense, because I think uh, the farewell needs some kind of recognition. It is it's a really incredible movie, and uh, Aquafina, who previously was really only known for her slapstick comedy and you know uh, rap rap music, mm. she's a uh, She's got such a great role in it, and she's strong performance. But I do believe it's been in um, nominated for like an ensemble award for the SAGs, so it, it'll still be there. It'll still be in people's minds, you know, with with that nomination at the very least. And I don't think it's out of the question when it comes around to Oscar nominations that she could get one. I, I think I hope she does. Uh, she totally deserves it, and you need to see it, Matt. I thought I you know. had one, yeah. I know, I know. I've got so many <laughs> movies I'm trying to plough through right now. That's, but that's definitely one of them. I understand, I understand. Okay, let's move over to outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. And I'm going to say that perhaps this could be as as close a lock, all these names in a category, just, just looking at the momentum behind them. Um, and I'm going to read them out now. Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari. Leonardo DiCaprio for What's Upon Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for Married Story, Taron Egerton for Rocketman, and Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Once again, Robert De Niro left in the cold. Um, look, so there's a couple of names that you can easily put in there. So Robert De Niro, one of them. Eddie Murphy, another one for Dolomite is my name. Um, I do find it interesting, Shane, that outside, we are talking before Golden Globes, I was mentioning just how Netflix is killing it. Um, but in the SAGs, Netflix isn't having a bigger presence as they usually did. Outside of, say, The Irishman for the two for um, Pacino and Pesci, um, De Niro isn't there, Eddie Murphy isn't there, none of the two Pope's actors, actors are there either. Um, do you think maybe in regards to the Screen Actors Guild, they're uh, rewarding more of the uh, traditional cinematic offerings as compared to uh, Netflix offerings? Uh, I don't know if, if that's the case because these are peers. These are the Screen Actors Guild. So these are peers voting for peers. And people love Eddie Murphy, mm. you know, and... Uh, that that's just one example, and I think, um, especially in the last two years, uh, actors are not frowning upon uh, streaming films as much as they used to. And if anything, they're not going to anymore after Scorsese and Marriage Story, and and you know, these movies are, are really getting highlighted. So no, I don't know if that is the case. I just think it comes down to five actors, and look at the five they've picked. That everyone seems to love Christian Bale as as I do. Yep. So he he's the surprise, but he's again not a surprise. I no. would have put Eddie Murphy. I would have put Eddie Murphy in there, but Christian Bale's so strong in everything he, he does. And this was no exception. I, I think he's 
and I'm glad it was a box office hit because people have seen it and they know, they can you know people who are hopefully listening who have seen it know what I'm talking about. He's so great in it. Uh, so I, I don't think that's the case when it comes to Netflix and streaming that because it, 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 there's peers against um, voting for peers and I don't think they're going to be against streaming movies these days, especially with this year's nominees. Um, yeah, I, I think you're, yeah, when it comes to Christian Bale and Taron Edgerton now, they are firmly in the race. I always thought that maybe um, Adam Sandler might have some momentum behind him because um, uh, Uncut James has just been getting such great notices and so has he as well. I think he's fallen way behind a pack. I can't see him doing anything anymore. Um, but And no Antonio. No Antonio as well, that's correct. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's such a it's always competitive every year, you know, I mean, and I think like this year, it's really hard for me to kind of peg down what that four and five slot's going to be, because like I said, last last time we spoke, I thought De Niro was in there for sure, and he's really out of the race as well. Um, could change when it comes to Oscars, maybe he's going to get a little love there, I don't know, um, but man... Um, it's, I think so, it's, I think you will. I mean, it's really interesting how we can like change everything though. Um, <laughs> let's move on now to the ensemble uh, um, uh, reward so that's outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture so we have Bombshell The Irishman Jojo Rabbit Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite and that's a real surprise there Parasite and I think they really um, having that film be nominated for its ensemble cast by the SAGs really says something about um, the moment, momentum it has going into Oscars I think um, not only is it going to, I think not only is it a lock in regards to um, a director, but I think Best Picture is very much a possibility as well, um, as well as foreign film. Um, and uh, look, of, of the five, look, fine actors associated with all of them, but the, the one movie I had a problem with in regards to performance by a cast in a motion picture was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Um, and the one name in particular I thought gave one of the worst performances of the year was Taika Waititi. I thought he was really over the top. And every single time he came on screen, when he plays this kind of like fantastical version, over the top version of Hitler, um, it really just knocked me for a loop every single time. I couldn't really get my head back in the game again. Um, and it was really, it's really a shame because there's some really great casts out there, like Knives Out, for example. That was an excellent ensemble cast. And every single person in that film... Um, whether no, no matter how big or small the role they had, really delivered. Um, Where's Little Women? Little Women, another one, exactly right. And there's so many films that could have gotten that slot that Jojo Rabbit has. It, every year there's a film or two that kind of befuddles me in regards to how much praise it gets. And this year I think that definitely belongs to Jojo Rabbit. Um, do you agree as well in regards to ensemble cast Jojo Rabbit um, being a strange pick for a nomination? Yeah, I agree with you on what you said about Taika regarding Jojo and Jojo in general. I'm not going to make this a, a hate-a-thon towards Jojo no. Rabbit, but let it be said that I did not really like it much at all. No. Only certain only certain aspects to it. So, yeah, delete Jojo from this category. And where's Knives Out? Where's Little Women? Honestly, I'm happy with the four of them. Uh, so you can't have six, but either Little Women or Knives Out really needs to be in that position. And Bombshell, I'm I'm okay with. Like, it's really about the three main actresses, but there are some smaller roles involved, um, including the Murdochs, which uh, Rupert Murdochs played by Malcolm McDowell yep. uh, in, in a small but pivotal role. And 
But yeah, no, I I agree with you on JoJo. Little Women of all movies and Knives Out, like they they're being advertised on their ensemble. Yeah. You know, their their cast. So Parasite, I'm happy about. Although it, it is definitely a lock for a best foreign film, best picture. If they can put Roma in, like they did last year for the Oscars, Parasite's going to be there. Uh, screen screenplay also, I think it'll it'll probably go in. I don't know about director. I know you're a lock there, but I don't know yet. Um, I'm, I'm going to officially say now, by the way, that I am firmly off the Avengers Endgame bandwagon. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, as you remember last time, there was SAG Awards. Black Panther was a surprise nominee. The Golden Globes Awards <laughs> also had Black Panther in there as well. I thought that the possibility that if those two bodies could have Avengers Endgame, that the Oscars could follow suit, but I'm way off it right now. It's got I the tried cra- to tell you. I know, I know, but I, I wanted to just put, I just wanted to make sure I had my finger in that pie just in case it was warming up um, but in this case it is a cold pie it's going to be thrown uh, thrown yep. out of the window um, look it's already got the it's already got the award for the most you know profitable film of all time so uh, it, it has nothing to sulk about right there um, but yeah um, I'm firmly off the Avengers Endgame bandwagon and um, and you know no no not really surprised by it but at the same time you know, I was kind of interested to see what would happen in regards to Disney and what they would do uh, with that movie. Um, clearly, not much. Okay, let's move on now. So it's prediction time. So we are now at the director category. Um, man, just one more show. We'll be talking about best film. Look how time flies, Shane. Um, yeah, exactly. It has gone quick, but um, it's good, to, good in a way because... I, I hope people are enjoying this and, you know, our minds do change around a little bit and, and things can happen overnight, as you say. So at least, at least we're enjoying helping people if they're going to go into uh, a, ca- a category where they bet on what's going to win. Let's hope they help. We're helping people. And um, I have a feeling that you and I are going to be talking about the same name. So let's go through this right now. Um, what's your first uh, pick for prediction or for directing? Quentin Tarantino, Once mm-hmm. Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, no other explanation there. <laughs> so he's been nominated for an Oscar for directing twice. He's won two Oscars for writing. Um, so this yeah. will most probably be his third. And I think this film, uh, more than any, uh, the others nominated before, um, is the strongest possibility of him winning the Oscar. Um, and it really is a great film. I mean, it's one of the best films, in definitely in his filmography, one of the best films of the year. Uh, and I, I think to me what a lot of people uh, liked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that Hateful Late was a fine movie, but it just I think it just got a little too much. And a, a lot of people kind of felt that in regards to how, how Tarantino it was, if I can use his word in that way. Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really kind of throttled it back a bit, kind of like had more of a kind of steady pace towards more of a mature work. And especially in regards to his um, directing, I mean, um, he transformed Los Angeles, like modern-day Los Angeles, to the Los Angeles of 1969. He let the dialogue breathe. He, he directed some great performances in there as well. And he tackled one of the darkest days in Hollywood, but he did it in a way that was... Um, I, I think a lot of people had a feeling, had a um, fear that it might be done in a, in a sort of classless way, but I think he really handled it really well. Um, and just all those things combined, I, th- I really do think that there's a possibility that he can win the Oscar this time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's going to have, as we're going to talk about, some stiff competition, but uh, 
yeah, it, it's more accessible than The Hateful Eight was and it's relatable to so many voters, I would assume. So, yeah, I think he's he he's, might not win, but he's definitely a lock to get nominated. Um, I think his best competition in the category is my next pick, which is Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. So he's won for The Departed. He's been nominated as a director seven times before. And The Irishman, I think, Shane, is his most ambitious work yet. And that says something considering Scorsese's filmography. Um, What I really liked about the film um, and what he did with it is that, look, he's done gangster films as well. Everyone knows about Goodfellas and Casino, what have you. But The Irishman really felt like a different kind of gangster movie. It felt more like a um, like a reflection or a meditation on the genre than anything else. And um, I also think that it will be awesome to see him holding the Oscar after all the stuff he went through in trying, not only trying to make the film, but the whole nonsense about what he was talking about with Marvel films and the, the reaction he got in regards to that. It'll be it'll be perfect bookend in regards to his yeah. uh, debate on the whole issue of him holding the Oscar gong on the stage while Avengers Endgame gets nominated for maybe visual effects only. I think that'll be a bit, great way to end the debate there. Well, he's he's my next pick too, so I, I can't add to that other than yes, if he did win, he, I would love to him to go up to that podium and say I'd like to thank Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, although that's never going to happen. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely Scorsese for The Irishman is my next pick as well. Uh, can't can't not get nominated, put it that way. No, I don't think so either. Uh, what about what next is on your list, Shane? All right, so number three would be uh, Sam Mendes, 1917. From, mm. And this is me going blind because I have not seen it yet, um, but from all reports, including yourself, uh, friend Blake and, and other people I know who have seen it, um, definitely as a movie that would have been hard to direct, I think this would have been a tricky one. And some of the feats I believe he pulls off uh, is right up the Oscars uh, pathway of why they nominate movies. So I will put him is in my next, uh, and he should have got nominated for um, Skyfall anyway. Yeah. Yep. So there I you go. So. Let's see. There you go. He can get nominated for 1917, but he should have got nominated for Skyfall. Yeah, and I also have him on my list as well. I already spoke about the movie and what Sam Mendes did with that uh, film as well. Um, One thing I didn't uh, mention um, before is that um, the inspiration of the movie was um, from his grandfather. His grandfather served in World War I, and when Sam and his family uh, used to visit his grandfather, his grandfather will tell him all the stories from the war. So the movie is actually dedicated to the memory of his grandfather. Uh, so not only is it a very kind of technical uh, achievement for Sam Men, it's a very personal uh, story as well. And um, I think in the, you know, lately we've seen actually a lot of movies made about World War One. Um, the, the pantheon of those films is getting bigger and bigger, and it's one of the best ones uh, from that time. Um, it's, it is a terrific film. I can't wait for you to see it, Shane, so we can talk about it um, some more in future episodes. Because I also is think, it anything like um, Gallipoli? You know, it's really interesting you said that. So imagine um, the last. 10 minutes of Gallipoli where Mel Gibson has to run across the front lines and in the trenches to hand that message over. 
to never stop. forget it. Yeah, that is pretty much the, the gist of the film. He, the main character in 1917, is given direct orders by Colin Firth, who plays the general, that he has to go across the front lines, across with a, um, across the, almost a, a very far length to go to where a certain um, a, a battalion is ready to go um, into uh, um, over um, into German territory. But what they don't know is that they're falling into a trap. And so it's up to yep. him to try to get there. You can feel the tension. You can feel the momentum. Uh, you can feel the um, the unease uh, throughout the whole film. And the way they did it with the one-shot kind of gimmick as well um, really benefits the story. It doesn't take away from it. I think sometimes you see directors get a little flashy with their craft. It can take away from the story that's on the screen. I think the two things really merge well together. And that's um, and that says something about Sam Mendes as a director. He did a really good job, uh, not only with the technical side of things, but also in regards to the story side of things as well. And it will have an impact with people uh, when those end credits roll. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. So next on my list is uh, Jun Ho Bong for Parasite. I already talked a, a bunch about him already. Um, he's got those two Golden Globe noms. Uh, and Parasite is such a great film. Did you see it at the Sydney Film Festival as well, Shane? Oh, no. No, I didn't see it until fairly recently because I missed it and then it got released and then it sort of disappeared and then it started playing like one session a day Yeah. Uh, at um, our Dendi in Sydney. So I, as you know, I, for listeners, I don't live in Sydney. I live outside of Sydney. So I had to see it on my own time, but I'm very glad that I did. And uh, no, it took me a long time to avoid spoilers as well. Um, so as you know, it's a terrific film. The changes in tone and genre are just masterfully done. It's a socially and politically relevant film, but it, it does so without kind of like... Uh, banging you over the head with it doesn't really kind of subtle kind of really like ways that make you really think after those end credits roll it's a movie to me that you can watch over and over again and pick up new things from it terrific performances terrific craftsmanship uh, and also um Jun, Bong, uh, Jun Ho Bong is out there on tv shows it was on Jimmy Fallon like earlier this week uh late last week um, which is weird because his English isn't the best, so he had a translator with him. So he has translators, yes. yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic there, especially with Jimmy Fallon being a very kind of uh, excitable uh, talk show host as well. Uh, but clearly Fallon's a big fan of the movie as well. So he's out there, he's talking about the film, he's pushing that. So I really do think that he, he's going to get a nomination. Um, uh, Shane, what's next on your list? Uh, well, this is what I a uh, person I uh, recently spoke about when we were talking about uh, Golden Globes, and that's Noah, Noah Bumbuck mm. for Marriage Story. He's he's my pick um, for a director nod. I love the film uh, so much, and partly based on his uh, his history uh, of being married to Jennifer Jason Leigh, uh, quote unquote, of course, but um, apparently so. Uh, he's also now married to and has a child with Greta Gerwig, mm-hmm. who I might or might not bring up shortly when regarding Little Women director. But, uh, yeah, uh, this is a perfect movie to me. Everything about this movie uh, is is just simply a 10 out of 10. I, I, I loved it so much. Uh, it affected me. I'm not married. I don't have children, but it ripped my heart out. And it shouldn't be called Marriage Story, it should be called Divorce Story. But that said, the direction, uh, as well as his two leads, and then his two co-stars as well, Ray Liotta and Laura Dern, among others, just a perfect movie. 
So uh, I'm a big Noah fan, actually. He's done some really good stuff in the past, but this is the top of the list. I've recently watched the film as well, maybe around a week or so ago, and I loved it as well. It's What I found really interesting about the movie, though, um, is that it's a film about professionals working in the entertainment industry. You have Adam Driver's character, of course, based yeah. on Noah Bomberg. He's a not so much a film director, but more of, I talked about more of a stage director. And then you have Scarlett yeah, Hansen's yeah. character, who's a you know trying to get back into Hollywood and kind of like the pressures that that kind of bring uh, that brought brings on their uh, marriage. Um, it is a terrific movie. Um, do you think though there could be a possibility in regards to his nomination for director that they might look at him more? as a screenwriter than as a filmmaker. Um, do you know where I'm kind of getting there? Sometimes as writer-directors, they get the noms for their writing or the accolades for their writing more than, for, than their directing. Like Quentin Tarantino, for example, I talked before. Yeah. His two Oscar wins for is for writing, not so much for directing. Um, do you think there could be a possibility here where Noah could get the uh, writing nod uh, and not the directing one? Oh, for sure. No, no, I agree with that. Uh, the the writing is superior. It's really, really good writing. I think his direction is is pretty amazing too, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's he's had had such a, a checkered history of previous films. This is the only one that really stands out as a directing uh, high point. You know, even though I liked Francis Ha and Mrs. Mistress America and Greenberg and the Squid and the Whale and even Margot the Wedding was very, very good. Uh, this is takes the cake when it comes to his directing. But you're right. I mean, you scratched uh, the surface there that it could be more of a screenplay thing for Noah rather than directing. And that's where uh, Bond would, um, would slip in as a director, I think. Mm. Um, possibly a screenplay win. I mean, we don't talk about the writing categories here, but if there's anyone as a front runner, I think Noah Bombard could be for that category. Oh, he'll he'll get nominated, and so will Quentin. Uh, it, it's, it's almost like the usual suspects for for this one, where we keep repeating the same movies. But yeah. that's just the way it is. It seems like, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that so highly of the movie, I would be a little bit surprised if he didn't get a director nomination. So my final pick is a name you mentioned already, Greta Gerwig. Uh, she was previously nominated for Lady Bird and with Little Women, which is a film she uh, recently did. It's the latest adaptation of Louisa May Alcott's novel. So many adaptations done before. Um, Confession Time, this is the first Little Women movie I've seen. I haven't seen the 95 <laughs> oh, version. No. I haven't seen anything whatsoever. So I went in there um, not knowing what type of changes there could be. I read that there could be possibility of differences in regards to what Greta Gerwig did with the novel. I had no idea. All I do know is that I loved this movie. I thought it was a beautiful film. Great craftsmanship, terrific performances. It's a modern adaptation of a classic story done very well. Um, and Greta Gerwig is really proving herself to be a fine, fine, fine director. And um, But outside of her ability of a director, which I think is should be enough to get her a nomination... Um, I think something that was very um, uh, distinct after the SAG, uh, sorry, not the SAG, but the Golden Globe Award nominations uh, was the lack of female filmmakers in the, in the directing category. And there was yeah. a lot of huff about that on uh, social media especially. 
And um, female, the, uh, the subject of female filmmakers is one that over the last couple of years has become more popular and more debated as well. And I'm really cons I'm, um, curious in regards to the Academy itself. Uh, we've talked about in previous years how the Academy is getting younger, it's getting more diverse. And as a result of that, I'm just really curious as to whether um, perhaps voters are mo most likely to vote with a social conscious um, in regards to um, diversity representation as well of who they nominate um, with their with their, um, uh, with their with their vote um, so I think Greta Gerwig could be a possibility to sneak in there above all else because of her talent and because of terrific filmmaking and because Little Women in my opinion is one of the best films of 2019 but, uh, but also because that I think perhaps they will want um, representation of a female filmmaker in there. And I think Greta Gerwig is definitely the top of the, the heap when it comes to, to that. Um, Shane, what do you think of that um, uh, theory? Well, she's in my next... She's my next one as well. So she, she rounds off my five picks. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. They love to really have the female representation and it, to me it has to be worthy representation yes. not just because she's a female and it, exactly. she is i mean it's an amazing movie but i'm still getting over the fact this is the first little woman you've ever seen <laughs> it is it, it is it's been tv series i know it's, there was even a, 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 a little women movie released earlier this year yeah. on a very small independent um, distributor. Mm -hmm. uh, there was Gillian Anderson's, our own Australian director's Gillian, uh, sorry, Gillian um, Armstrong. Armstrong's yep. version of it with Winona Ryder many years ago. So, yeah, I'm I'm in shock, Matt, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I love Greta. I always have. Um, she's as an actress, and then now she's moved into directing with Lady Bird and. And now this, it's just the beginning of her directing career. She's she's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, I've got a couple of honourable mentions, which uh, has a female in the mix. But, yeah, to round up my top five, I can't agree more. Uh, Greta Gerwig. What, um, what, uh, any other uh, names you want to put forward in regards to uh, uh, maybe, you know, outside chances? A very outside chance, and I love bringing it up because it was a very good movie. Is director James Gray for mm, Ad Astra? Nice. I mean, it was it was a good movie, well directed, well acted. Uh, so I know it's not going to happen, but I really did want to remind people that it is worth checking out. Uh, I'll put in uh, Bong Joon Ho because. Uh, I didn't have him in my five, and we've already spoken how great that movie is, so I agree with you on that. Uh, and the final one is the director of the A Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. Now, this is one that could sneak up on a few people. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, because it is incredible. It is such an incredible film. Uh, Celine Siama, I hope I'm saying her name right, uh, French. But uh, she wrote it, directed it, and it is a solid, unforgettable movie, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So the three out there, uh, well, two out of the three are out there, um, honourable mentions, but I really wanted to bring them up. One name I wanted to bring up as well, um, and, you know, it probably won't happen, but it is curious how a filmmaker like Terence Malick um, has a movie coming out called A Hidden Life, 
Um, so it's based on a uh, conscientious... Know nothing about it. So it's a new uh, film based on a true story of a conscientious objector during um, uh, World War Two. So he was like an Austrian man named... Uh, excuse me if I get the pronunciation right to all the Austrians out there listening. Uh, Franz Jagerstrata. Um, so he pretty much refused to go along and join the Nazis when his whole town, his whole country was doing so. And because of that, he pre- got killed and he was martyred. And, and decades later, he actually became a, 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 became a saint in the, in the Catholic Church uh, because of it. And um, a lot of people are saying that this is Terrence Malick's, one of his best films because... I don't know how many Malik films you've seen, Shane. A lot of a lot of time, it's not very much narrative filmmaking, and very much very, almost like poetry. It kind of goes to different lots of different places. A lot the visuals are strong. The script doesn't isn't really dare. He never really worked off a script. A lot of times in his movies, he just like wrote a few things on a piece of paper, got his casting improvised, and had cameras in different places. Piece it all together and voila, you have a movie. Some people like it, some people <laughs> yeah. don't. Um, but with A Hidden Life, this is more like a narrative kind of film. And he's actually got some of the strongest notices in his career. And he has been nominated previously. Tree of Life was the last time he did get nominated. And when we came to Tree of Life, that was a film that like went really quiet throughout awards season. But when, it's a good it, movie. when it hit the Oscars... That's when it's got best film. That's when it got best director and all these other things as well. So I'm really curious to see what if a hidden life goes through the same trajectory. Maybe it's too late now. Um, look, it's not coming out in uh, Australia until like the 31st of January, and I'm pretty sure that um, it's not coming out in the states at least like, until the end of the year as well. But and, and everyone knows that Terence Malick is incredibly press shy. He never goes there. He doesn't do interviews or anything like that whatsoever. Didn't stop him from getting a nomination before. So I'm really interested to see whether this film will make a mark. Or it's going to be a really, really, really late entry to the race. But it could be a possibility that it will make a mark in the award season. Well, speaking of late entries, we haven't even mentioned um, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Richard Jewell. Rich, Richard Jewell. Yeah. You know, who knows what's going to happen there. But, you know, and, and another contender that I personally didn't like, but you, you think he could be in the mix, is Taika Watiti yeah. for yeah. JoJo. You know, the, the Academy might like that movie because, you know, it's a bit risque. But you know what? If um, Terrence Malick gets a, a nomination, Mike Lanigan should for Dr. Sleep. Mm. <laughs> I love Dr. Sleep. I love Dr. Sleep too. See, I was going to bring that up in regards to my snubs, but oh, because it's you? been. Because I loved actually Rebecca Ferguson in that film, especially. I thought she was terrific. and She was she, really good. She should be nominated for something. Like, just give her just like a, what I uh, like. But, but it's, it's your theory of yeah, horror again. Yeah. It is. I mean, Midsummer. This year, actually, I've watched. Um, horror is one of my favorite genres, and I get to watch a lot of horror films. Um, I get a lot of filmmakers, horror filmmakers, reach out to me, and also uh, distributors from the states and Australia as well. I think 2019 has been one of the strongest years in horror I've I've I've, I've covered in a very long time. There's some really great films out there. They're not going to get nominated for anything though. I think the genre is just still still hasn't really kind of pierced. The mainstream like like people think it does like you know once in a while you might get like some type of film like a scream or the ring etc um but you know it's not like the 70s where horror films like say the exorcist uh, rose or even before that rosemary's baby for example will get nominated for things it just doesn't happen that much anymore which is a shame i mean once in a while you have a get out um but even then his follow-up jordan peele's follow-up us seems to be you know us was better to me than Get Out. And, yeah. I mean, followers of Matt's movie reviews will know uh, that 
he's awesome when it comes to horror and, and adept and across everything. But if you're just listening to this podcast because you're an Oscar fan or a an awards uh, awards fan like we are, um, please, if you like horror, check out what Matt's got to say about horror films. He, he's one of the best. I love horror movies. And it's just a shame that it seems like Horror, in the same way as action films to a certain extent, gets treated like a second-class citizen when it comes to Oscar nominations and such. Because the craft is there, the performances are there, the filmmaking is there as well. Um, Things get a little grisly at times, things get a little tense, but it doesn't mean the movies aren't as worthy as, say... I think over time they'll cross over. We'll we'll be surprised one year there'll be... I mean, Hereditary really should have been nominated yep. for a Best Picture. But, you know, eventually something will, will come up. And I thought Doctor Sleep might have been that, but no. Um, something will come up. You watch Matt in the next year or two or maybe three. There'll be a horror sort of like crossover where like us, I thought us might have done it too. But we'll see. It won't be long now, I think. Until then, Shane, where can people find your stuff online? Oh, as always, if anyone's interested in interviews and red carpet photos and, and anything I've got to say about movies and all the pictures I see, including Netflix and uh, cinema-related, uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at movie underscore analyst. So at movie underscore analyst. And for everyone else out there, you can find Matt's Movie Reviews at mattsmovereviews.net. Find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud, and also check out my YouTube channel and Facebook and Twitter pages as well. Until next time, Shane, take care. Not long now. Bye now.